Support for WVIK comes from Kathleen Collins at the Dragonfly in Bettendorf. Using both conventional and alternative counseling methods for empowerment to help create change for individuals and couples. More information is at KathleenCollinsCounseling.com. Support for Talking Heart on WVIK comes from the people at Quad City Bank and Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at QCBT.com. Support also comes from the estate of Margaret Skinner, a longtime friend of WVIK and lover of the arts. This is Carolyn Martin, and I'm talking art today with Jason Platt, a local freelance illustrator, and with Mark Zyla, the Director of Education and Community Engagement for the Quad City Symphony Orchestra. And we're going to talk today about the concept of artistic collaboration and how the synergy that results from a collaborative project enhances the work of all of those involved and how it can create new connections and communities. So welcome, Jason and Mark. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks for coming. In October of 2017, Symphony Fantastique was performed by the Quad City Symphony Orchestra as part of their Postcards from Paris performance. And there was a very unique collaborative project that led up to that performance. Jason, you retold the story behind the symphony by way of an illustrated video production that really modernized it for people. How did this project come about? Uh, Funny story. Uh, Mark and I met at the Figgy back in like May of last year or something like that. At a pachakacha night, <laughs> and that's explain that that's a that's an event where people with different ideas um, and projects yeah, come it's together. It's supposed to it's a style of presentation that's supposed to keep it short and sweet and to the point. And uh, when they were doing it at the Figgy, it was uh, come and talk about your passion or a project yeah. that you've been working on, and you make uh, individual slides. And I think they it's twenty slides, twenty seconds, and twenty seconds, is it? twenty slides. I can't I Some, can't remember how short. many it is, but um, <laughs> and you know Jason was doing a, a presentation about uh, some. Uh, illustrations that he had been uh, working on, and I found him super hilarious. <laughs> and uh, but he totally killed everybody. Loved him, and then I had to go on right after him. So, <laughs> but it was a uh, it was a fun time, and we met. And I really liked his stuff. And I actually was thought about for a long time. I was like, I want him to draw something for my family, like my family portrait or something, because it's two humans and a bunch of animals. And uh, but then we found this this way to work together. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So that really fulfilled the whole purpose of that event at the Figgy, was, which was to network and to connect people who wouldn't have known each other and have different interests and different types of art. Well, I think uh, I, that wasn't my purpose to go there that night. It was actually just to uh, meet people and uh, not only present, but to see what other people had to present. And mm-hmm. it was just, it was a fascinating night. I would, I would do it again if yeah, I give them the opportunity. So you illustrated Hector Berlioz's Symphony Fantastique. Describe the story behind that story, just for listeners. Just a brief recap. A brief recap. It's the story of a young artist uh, who uh, finds himself obsessed with a young actress and his spiral downward in this obsession. So I guess it was almost like the first vertigo, the Hitchcock's (laughs) vertigo is almost like the first version of that. So this lovesick young man, and this was written in the 1830s, but it is 
completely pertinent today, in fact, to any era. Yeah. And one of the first things, like uh, when Mark and I were talking, uh, I had drawn some uh, sketches of the character and very period piece, like in a tuxedo and he was going to the theater and he was like, no, 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 let's let's have this modernized. And so which really when he was talking about his vision, it really just clicked Mm -hmm. of what it was going to look like. And I can't imagine it any other way. Right. So the thing that I've always loved about Symphony Fantastique, and the first time I ever played it, I think it was like in seventh grade or something. And, wow. Um, the bassoon parts in the fifth movement are supposed to signify witch's laughter. And the, the bassoon part is literally good. Oh, yeah. And it, and it at that age, I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. <laughs> I thought that was so cool. And then as I learned more and more about the piece as I got older... Um, it was completely groundbreaking at its time. And Hector Berlioz himself is kind of a crazy dude. And so <laughs> with that, like he creates this story that's completely wild. And then he orchestrated it in a way that at the time was completely wild. I think he had, uh, the, we didn't do it this way at the symphony, but I think he originally required 12 harps. And like he wanted to have 20 basses split apart on on the stage. And so anyway, he had this crazy vision and he just went for it and so for me it was such a natural thing for us to to kind of wrap it into this um kind of thing that we've been doing at the symphony with trying to just speak about what we do in as many ways as possible for as many people as possible Mm -hmm. and so having the opportunity to work with jason was like i mean we just went went crazy for it. And yeah, we great. had a few meetings and talked about like what's next, what we're going to do because we wanted wanted to place like uh make sure that it was placed in the Quad Cities mm-hmm. uh and showcase what the Quad Cities has to offer. And so we had like a few meetings about like what is this section going to be at? Where is it going to be? And um, how can we highlight that? Mm-hmm. So you took Hector Berlioz from 1830 and moved him forward into the present time. He was redrawn with a beanie cap and <laughs> headphones on. Yep. So he looks like a modern era guy. You have him planted in various locations that are obviously Quad City and um, LeClaire Park and yes. um, uh, the Blackhawk State Historical yep. um, uh, site. And, and by modernizing it, it really made the symphony so much more approachable and interesting to a younger crowd. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had a uh, over the course of this season, we've had quite a few uh, groups of, um, like Moline High School brought a group of, of uh, students to a concert. Uh, Rock Island uh, Schools brought a group of students to our Masterworks concert. And so uh, it was something that I was totally not really thinking about that when we were making this. And that's kind of like one of the the cool things about collaboration is that you can kind of just go into it and say, let's make something and see what happens. And, that, yeah. and it it resonated with a few of these teachers. And, you know, as wild as it seems, oh, they cool. prepared their students to come to the concert by showing them something that, you know, that they watch in other um, parts of their life as well. Not just about, you know, a concert they're going to see, but YouTube videos. Man, They yeah. spend a lot of time going through YouTube videos and I find myself doing the same. And you created a video that was then put on YouTube and Facebook. So, Jason, let's talk about how you transform these images into a movie. Describe that process. 
It's a really long process, actually. Uh, I think the original idea for this whole thing was kind of like those info uh, videos where someone's like, you see the artist in front of the dry erase board and uh, they're drawing live. And I think that was kind of like the, the, the seed of the idea of this whole thing. And uh, I knew it was going to be painstaking for not only me, but Nick, the videographer, uh, to sit there for hours on end and, and record this. Uh, and I, I said, well, you know, I can record my, my computer screen and, uh, because I do all my, all my art digitally. And, um, and so I could record my screen as I'm drawing it and I could like do it like, um, in segments and send you guys the video files. And it worked out, I think just perfect. Yeah. And so- it, it, we had this like file sharing going on where yeah. it was like, uh, Jason sends an email and it was funny because Nick and I were both like jump on the email and check out what he's got and it was exciting for all of us I think and Nick is Nick Propes from also from the Quad City Symphony Orchestra yeah and so Jason when you were drawing this then Nick took the that and sped the whole process up so what you're seeing when you look at the video is actually you drawing each little part yeah but creating it because it's sped up 9,000 times. 9,000. Yeah. You're seeing, you're seeing the whole thing take place and you're watching how art is created. Yeah. And I think if you actually watched it in real time, it would be really, (laughs) really slow and boring. But with, uh, I think Nick just did an excellent job with, uh, the way he, uh, did speed it up and manipulate the, the video to, uh, highlight some of the music and there's certain sections in the video like the witch's laugh mm-hmm. it's like when because as i'm drawing into ha ha ha's in it it's just mimicking it perfectly and then like mm-hmm. the spiral it just there's times when nick was just really brilliant uh with laying down the video along with the music it's just so cool to watch mm-hmm. yeah one of my favorite parts of it is uh when the characters in black hawk park and there's the uh the faint sound of thunder in the background. Oh yeah. And so the character is standing on like the edge of a cliff essentially. And there's thunder and lightning in the background. And Jason writes, I can't remember exactly what the word is. Rumble. rumble, And as the timpani rolls, rumble like goes across the screen and like kind of flashes. It's kind of neat because you can see me changing my mind as an artist, as I'm creating this. And in that section, I write down rumble, but I don't like how it looks. So you see me erase it and then it, but, but it, it works it well with perfect. Yeah, it was great with uh, the editing of the video. I don't know how many symphonies actually have a tale or a story behind them, and then beyond that, how many of those stories are are illustrated? Do you know has this type of project been before done before? Has Symphony Fantastique been illustrated? Or are I, you the first ones to do it? Well, I mean, I suppose that uh, the humility in me has to believe that (laughs) I'm not the first person to think about trying to do something like this. But, um, you know, uh, musical tales have been told in visual formats in a lot of different ways, especially throughout time with, um, you know, uh, so much music that we play in the concert hall is part of theater or part of incidental music for plays and stuff like right. that. And so I've seen, I've been in a lot of performances where we, you know, ballets tell stories and we kind of collaborate with the ballet and, and all that kind of stuff. But, um, and then Fantasia, of course, is one sure. of the, the things that comes to mind in terms of, you know, essentially illustrated music videos for, uh, classical music. Um, but 
I think that there is this movement in the orchestral world to kind of try to create interesting projects around the concerts just to to have entry points for conversation to have a you know a reason to come on radio shows and talk about what we do and uh and so for us it's it's definitely new that the quad city symphony can can take a project like this and and turn it around in a matter of months and you know it's like I always say, boy, what could we have done if we had thought about this two years ago and then took that much time? But it's 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 always really exciting. And, and the stuff that, you know, I'm just the guy who's kind of like getting people, creative people together. I guess I have an idea and pull pull in creative people to, to execute that idea. But Nick and, and Jason, I mean, were the, the, the real stars of this project in the sense of, you know, I couldn't have asked for better visuals from mm -hmm. Jason. It was and so I much fun. And I couldn't have asked for a better um, presentation from, from Nick. That synergy concept, I think, is just lovely. And Jason, the collaboration really allowed you to have a larger audience for your illustrations. And, and then Mark, this probably expanded your base a bit by inviting a younger age group in and really explaining it to, to us, the story to us, and making us feel more connected. Um, so that's, yeah, so that's that's... Fabulous. Well, as a as an illustrator, uh, first and foremost, I want to make sure that my client is happy with the end product, and uh, it just happened to be one of those projects that I became very passionate about. And like I like I had mentioned before, it was like we were creating this little French film, mm -hmm. and um, and I think we were talking about it being in color originally, but I love the black and white. Uh, that it ended up being, especially mm -hmm. at the end of the final uh, collection of it all, where Nick put um, the fin at the end in red. Mm -hmm. right. And it just really just, that pop was like, wow, that's uh -huh. so cool. I think it, it, it somehow it was a little bit of a nod to the past. Um, it, uh, it seemed so retro, but yet so modern and unique, <laughs> kind of all at the same time. Color maybe would have detracted a little bit. I agree. You also could see you were... Um, as you drew it, you could see each stroke a little bit more clearly. I don't know. I, I thought it was just fabulous. Well, actually, it's kind of cool because um, uh, one in, our, in our, one of our early meetings, I said, I like to sketch out my uh, stuff in pencil first, uh, just so it's like a roadmap as an artist. We like to see where we're going to go because it just art just doesn't happen. And so we didn't want to have like the pencil line showing. So this is like part of the collaboration as well that's really cool because uh i i did those in blue line and then in editing nick was able to take the cyan mm. out of the video so then all you could see was the the ink line that i was putting on top of that yeah well that's just that's just amazing because it, it is such a great project and we'll put a link online to the full length video so um, people can watch that awesome Jason, you've worked full-time as a freelance illustrator focusing on cartooning Correct. Uh, for three years now and part-time for many years. Yeah. And you've created a webcomic called Mr. and Me that deals with parenthood. Yeah. Yeah, that is a, it's a, it's a project of love. Uh, it, it actually came out with uh, – um, it all was a brainstorm because I had this little moleskin art book that I, I did of my, my little boy when he was growing up. And I, did, I drew him uh, when he was a little baby and – recorded as milestones. And then when he got older, I created this little book of poetry for him and did illustrations for him. And then as he got, got older, I was wondering, what am I going to do now? 
And then uh, I was working for this publishing company as an illustrator and graphic designer. And one day I was doing this little cartoon for them. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I should do a comic with him and me. And so that's where the whole thing just started. <laughs> and here I am uh, nine years later still doing it. And uh, my graphic novel that's being published by Little Brown is is the same characters. So it's 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 really changed my life and it's it's changed my direction. And it actually uh, was cartooning was my first love uh, as an artist. That's awesome. When is your graphic novel coming out? Uh, next spring. Mm-hmm. And how fun for your son to be able to look back at some point in time. He'll look back and see years of comics. Well, it's one of those things where the, the first like 10 comics were very personal and very uh, – it was ripped straight from our lives. But then as I uh, started sharing them publicly, I was like, uh Maybe like ten percent real and ninety percent mm-hmm. fiction because I don't want I didn't want like the the, the world to like you know peek into our, our actual lives right. so and you know real life isn't as funny as as fiction is but sometimes it is <laughs> on occasion. Mark, you seem very focused on getting more people in our community to hear about the musicians and their work in the symphony and to try to see the symphony in a in a new light and this project helps with that. Mm-hmm. And you know, Jason said that his comic kind of changed his oh sorry and jason kind of said that uh uh, mr and me changed his life and i feel very similarly about the quad cities and quad city symphony in the sense that it was uh the first position that i won in my professional career as a principal horn and i always had this really great synergy with mark russell smith as a person who's like invested in me and invested in in uh kind of cultivating a better musician within the orchestra. And um, then when I had the opportunity to come and um, move to the community and work it as, and as, as, ah, let me try that over again. (laughs) When I got the opportunity to move to the Quad Cities and work as an administrator, um, I just, I'm just like beaming with, with such joy about this organization and about the music that we perform and the people who perform that I get to perform with. And so with that, um, you know, I've always been kind of puzzled by this idea that classical music is stuffy and and that the musicians are stuffy. And I suppose that, you know, we can kind of take a little bit of the blame for that by, you know, um, being in tuxedos all the time and kind of distancing ourselves and kind of presenting it in a way that says, you have to know a lot about this to enjoy it. And that's just never been my experience in my life. And, and, you know, my father is a classical musician. And so I've always grown up around all these really colorful people that are just, they're interesting and they're widely, their personalities are so diverse. And then here in the Quad City Symphony, like we have so many people, you know, people who've invested 50 years of their lives into this orchestra, and then people who are just starting that investment now. And, you know, um, no matter where life takes me, I, I, I hope that I can always come back here and perform. And it's a place where I really want to invest. And having people to work with like Jason and, and a community that cares about artistic collaboration and the idea that that it's our responsibility as artists to put things out in the world that challenge people, but also bring them joy. And so with that, that's kind of all I'm trying to do is just like, I, I'm a really happy guy. (laughs) And I just want everybody else to like, to see that, you know, incorporating this into your life in any way that you can, whether it be Mm -hmm. watching a video online or coming to the concert hall, you know, 10 times a year. 
I, I want you to experience that, that, that energy and that joy that, that surrounds this music and, mm-hmm. and these people. There's a new series of Facebook videos uh, produced by the Quad City Symphony Orchestra and, and Nick Propes uh, called Brew Tunes, mm-hmm. where local yeah. brewmasters listen to symphonic music and then pair their craft beer to it, which is just so fun. Yeah, and that one was such an amazing thing to make with Nick and these brewmasters because um, when we talk about community engagement, that's direct engagement. Like I'm engaging with an individual with music and talking to them about their passion. But then I'm, I'm also giving them an ability or we're giving them the ability to engage with the community at large. And for me, again, it's always been an experience with classical music where my imagination just runs wild. It's always been a soundtrack to imagination to me. Wow. And so um, with that, these guys are listening to this music, some of it for the first time, and, and, and you know they know what they know really well, and they love their, um, uh, their craft so much. And, and then we can talk about classical music and then they talk about the music that they enjoy. And it, it was just such a great interchange. And, mm-hmm. and I, you know, some, uh, Brock Nelson from Radical Effect afterwards, he's like, uh, you know, who's that again? Oh, it's Hindemith. I like that. And then he, <laughs> we talked about chamber music and, and all the kinds of stuff that he's had experience listening to and likes listening to. And so, I mean, my goal is not to to make more subscribers to the symphony or or anything like that, but that's going to happen as a result of people just having a good time and and seeing that the Quad City Symphony musicians and everybody else really just wants you to come and be who you are and see what see what we do and experience it in the way that that makes you uh, love it uh, the most. Yeah. That's great. It definitely helps us to see your organization in a new light. There are many other examples of collaborative artistic efforts in our community. We just spoke with Jeff Cousins from Augustana College and also Dino Hayes with the Center for Living Arts in Rock Island about their Penguin Project that they just completed. But undoubtedly, our largest collaborative project will be the Figgies French Modern Exhibit, which is running from October of 2018 through January of 2019. And more than 30 local organizations, including the symphony, but also Ballet Quad Cities, the Putnam, and numerous restaurants are planning French-themed events to coincide with the exhibit. I mean, I can't wait to see the artwork, uh, but I'm also excited to play. Uh, You know, we're going to do our opening concert's going to be French Impressionist related so that we have, uh, you know, this era of art being represented in both visual and, and in music. Um, but I mean, it's so great that in the Quad Cities you get to see something like this. Mm-hmm. We're, in, we're pretty lucky as a community I to have so, so much around us. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Jason, you told me earlier that, um, that you really don't have to go out of this community to resource things. You just have no. to look around because there is an incredible amount of talent and there's really a lot of beauty and really curious, quirky things that are going on around here. Well, I mean, how lucky are we uh, to have, you know, the symphony here? People have to drive, you know, hours to go listen to something like this, and we have it in our backyard. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing, and it's like uh, you just want people to to take advantage of it and uh, uh, come and listen and, and experience it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Collaboration can help attract and recruit talent and investment to our community as well. 
Culture definitely makes a community more desirable place to live. Well, Jason Platt and Mark Zyla, thank you so much for coming today. Your recent collaboration on this project reinforces the fact that art can create community, and I can't wait to see what you come up with next. Thank you so much. Right? <laughs> thank you. You are welcome. This has been Carolyn Martin, talking art today for WVIK. Our theme music is provided by a Quad City legend, the late Ellis Cal. Thank you.